0: guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day and today is actually Survival Tuesday. Survival Tuesday is when I bring guests on who have got a highly specific skill that addresses a unique problem. And face it, life is so full of problems. And sometimes we, we are like the blind led by the blind, stumbling into these problems. Whilst my guest has actually figured out, hang on, certain things are really predictable in life, like taxes. No, she's not a tax accountant. You guys can can stop, stop, don't switch off. Um, she, is, she is a woman who has decided to look at uh, fertility in the same way as you would look at the marriage, to having a beautiful wedding. How much planning is going into your wedding? How much fun time there is? Choosing the flowers, choosing the guests, choosing the groom. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. That should be there, actually. Um, that is still, you know, still lots of choices. When it then comes to babies, yeah, well, people don't do so much planning. And maybe we should. And for that reason, I brought in Alexandria DeVito. Alexandria, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: <laughs> and I actually, when I, when I saw the information about you, I thought this woman has something because bottom line is we are often enough so unprepared for life. Um, I've, uh, that's my, my black bear. That's my buy book, my steps to sobriety. And In there, um, I, of course, describe sobriety, but about that much of the book is all about action plans, standing operating procedures for life. Okay, that's when, when life gives you predictable challenges, yet we stumble into them as if my goodness, how could that have happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And could that be a toxic relationship? Could that be maybe a, a person who is not so nice at work, etc.? cetera? Or could that maybe be a pregnancy? Oh, whoops, I've thrown away the birth control pill. Now, what's happening? <laughs> it's weird. But what made you come up with this kind of more systematic approach
1: I love that question and I love how you talked about this idea of standard operating procedures because I think there, you know, it's this element of getting pregnant that is mystical and magical, and that's kind of part of what we've been taught. But there is also a very methodical side of it, and that's kind of what we're what we're focused on. So I, um, I came to this, you know, through, through a whole you know series of journeys as we all do, right? I, I spent my early career doing healthcare consulting, so kind of worked on, on that side of the business. And then I went back to school. I got my MBA from Harvard, and then I also did a master's in nutrition. And um, after I got my, my two master's degrees, I actually started working as a, a clinical nutritionist. And then I did further training in functional medicine and um, started working with a bunch of different clients and had a bunch of clients and a bunch of friends come to me um, asking about advice, support, and guidance about getting pregnant. And um, at first I thought, you know, this seems like a fairly um, solvable problem. And so I had one friend who came to me and said, you know, I think of myself as fairly resourceful. I'm willing to do anything, I'm willing to pay anything, but nobody can tell me how to solve this problem. (laughs) And I thought, that. That seems off to me. That doesn't seem like, you know, that seems like something that a lot of people would be interested in. This seems like a solvable problem. And so I kind of, you know, thought I would be a helpful friend and I started digging. I read everything I could get my hands on. I read the clinical studies. I dove really deep. And first I realized she was right, <laughs> that there really weren't great resources out there when it comes to getting pregnant. You know, a lot of it, right, most of the time, People had sex ed, it was, you know, when they were 12 or 13 years old, maybe. Um, and, <laughs> and
0: uh, then if the you're lucky. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. If at all, if at all. Um and you know, the what the messaging that is appropriate um, or kind of fit for purpose to potentially prevent teen pregnancies, which is I think a lot of what early sex ed is, is not appropriate um, or not fit for purpose when you're in your 20s, 30s, and 40s and planning for pregnancy. And so there's been no update to that information. Um, we, we haven't, we don't have great resources to tell us, okay, that model may have been appropriate for then, but what's appropriate for now and how do we actually actively plan and, and how do you uh, optimize the, the, the probability of getting pregnant, having a healthy pregnancy and having a healthy baby, uh, no, not just kind of roll in and, and roll the dice, as you said, and see what happens, right? Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but how do we increase the probability of that happening? And so, because I had spent so many years in the business world, um, you know, I was, used to diagnostics and I was used to procedures, you know, standard operating procedures. And I was wondering, why are we not applying a lot of these same principles to our health? And certainly when it when we think about our health when it comes to getting pregnant, which is potentially one of the most important things that, that people will do in their lives. Um, and so can we put more intentionality and more importantly, can we put more structure and support around that entire process? So that's kind of what, what has brought me to, to this space and, and to building Poplin and, and creating those resources and that guidance for couples that are planning to conceive.
0: Mm. But then let me play devil's advocate. Is it not Please. a beautiful, beautiful, magical, mystical thing that that a boy and a girl get together, make love, and then a baby comes? Um, <laughs> why do we need standard operating procedures for that to happen?
1: Yeah, so I think there's, you know, there's a, there's a couple of components to this. So certainly if we're talking about the context of a heterosexual relationship, there, you know, is um there you know that's a lot of in a lot of history that has been the process that's been followed is we're just going to try it and see how it goes and for for much of history that worked um and it worked really well uh, but I think the, the issue is that in you know, the last half decade or so, uh, our environment has changed more than in the last 10,000 years, the way we eat, the way we move, the way we socialize, the amount of uh, chemicals that are in and around us um, on a regular basis. Uh, and what's happened is that our bodies were designed to conceive, but our modern environment was not. And so there is a mismatch between our genes and our environment. And our genes have not kept pace with all of the changes to our environment. And because of that, we see a massive increase um, in fertility challenges. The latest statistics say about 20% of couples have trouble conceiving. And I believe those numbers are grossly understated um, because a lot of people don't get help for um, for this. Um, And this is um, you know, not just a national problem within, when the, within the U S, which is where I'm based, it's an international problem, you know, and, um, um, and so, um, this is something that's going on globally. And I think, uh, we have to uh, coax our bodies back into a state that is receptive to natural conception. And that requires proactivity rather than, than reactivity based on what I've seen, um, in my many years of, of clinical experience.
0: Okay. Good quadrad. Right. Um, the, I was working in, in that field in the 80s as a young doctor, and we, at that time, we assumed and educated guess uh, that 50% of pregnancies that occur, so sperm uh, or uh, excel coming together, uh, creating the first spark of life, will mm-hmm. die. Fifty percent of that. So and that if you were to to measure minuscule uh, amounts of of the hormones that we use to detect pregnancy, you would find that. So it is already um, a very precarious and and strange uh, battle of survival that is happening in the female womb um, at at any one time. And you're quite right. In the last century, uh, things have changed dramatically as far as our life is concerned. And we saw that certainly in in Germany. I mean, because I was working in in fertility and we were Germans being interested in in environmental pollution, things like that. We found out, for example, that that certain products that were used commonly in DIY are wooden paneling that everyone in Germany in the 70s, 80s was doing um, was causing abortions. And wow. it was, yeah, so stuff like that. So what you're saying there, we could actually prove in studies and it was weird because a young couple were fit and healthy. She got pregnant. They built their home. Dad does the homework, the DIY, beautiful, <laughs> lovely paneling. And then he goes to work five days a week. Once mommy stays at home and breathes all that shit in. So suddenly after the first child, mommy starts not being able to have any more babies. And that is an example that we could prove. So you are so spot on in the effect of the environment, um, and unfortunately, our lives, the stress and those things, have huge have taken a huge toll on many women. Uh, now there is there is only so much you can do to alter lives. I mean, is is that not a a, a, a mad task? I mean, how do you go about preparing a man and a woman for pregnancy?
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, regardless of the relationship construct, right, you have two individuals that are contributing to this this pregnancy. And so, you know, whatever that reproductive construct is, it's really important that both individuals are involved from the start. And I think there's a couple of big pillars of health and your, you know, your fertility is an extension of overall health. I think, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions is that when we think about fertility, we think kind of below the waist, right? So we think it's, you know, ovaries and uterus for for females and, Um, you know, kind of uh, testes for male, you know, but, um, but it's much more holistic than that. And your fertility is an extension of, of your, your health. And so rather than focusing myopically on just hormones, for example, um, and, uh, and your reproductive organs, they're, you know, there's your eggs and your, your sperm are cells just like any other cells in your body. And so the same things that nourish them um, and the same things um, that are destructive to them are, you know, the same thing as, as anything else. And so a lot of the things that you mentioned, right, we look at nutrition, we look at environmental toxins, we look at um, stress, you know, as as you mentioned. And um, I think, Our job as, you know, as a company, as Poplin is to help kind of, instead of saying there's 500 things that you could be focusing on, kind of what are, you know, the the five that you should be focusing on or or for for optimal impact um, and then helping you break that down. Um, And this is one of the reasons why we encourage folks um, to, to start this process. Like, you know, you were saying in the beginning, a year in advance, just like you'd plan a wedding for a year or plan for a career or train for a right. marathon, right? Any big undertaking yeah. um, in advance, right? The earlier you start, the more time you give yourself to proceed through these different steps, see how your body is responding, see how you're, you know, um, you're working through things with your partner um, and to give your body time to adjust, and so that's the that you know that's generally what what we recommend is you start earlier and give yourself time, um, and then you can kind of work your way through these different things because behavior change takes time. It takes time to eliminate toxins from your environment, right? It takes time to eliminate stressors or change stressors or change your relationship to the stressor if you can't eliminate it. <laughs> and those Ooh, are all nice, pieces of the nice. puzzle
0: nice i like the change your relationship to the stressor excellent mm-hmm. that does not allow the, a divorce in this setting okay now that's odd um <laughs> no. uh, i i love it uh the way you look at it in a holistic and a systematic approach because sometimes we are so hit and miss and we're a little bit like monkeys playing on a keyboard oh that is nice Ooh, let's try that and uh rather than going from a systematic approach. Um, And I love the way that you look at various pillars. So no doubt, nutrition will be part and parcel of that. What are you paying attention to when it comes to the nutrition?
1: Mm. So I think there are a couple of things. So as a nutritionist myself, nutrition is near and dear to me, I think, there's a, there's a couple of things. So first thing is that the quality versus quantity debate. Um, and so if you think about it, you know, back in the 1980s, right, we had this whole thing around like calories, calorie counting, that's, you know, kind of the, the thing. Um, and I think it was, you know, fairly reductionistic in the sense that we, you know, said, okay, calories are the only thing that matters when it comes to managing weight and, you know, and therefore health. And, um, and I think, Certainly calories do matter, um, but it's one piece of an overall puzzle. Um, And we learned and we said, okay, well, 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 actually food composition and food quality are are actually really important in this conversation. So calories do matter, but there's all these other things. And I think we're about to see a very similar shift in the fertility landscape where we're saying, okay, not only does, um, you know... Uh, this, this concept of egg quantity is really important, but egg quality and sperm quality Mm -hmm. is really important. And um, egg quality and sperm quality is an extension of, uh, in many cases, your diet and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so the quality of foods literally make up the quality, the quality of the cell structure of your eggs and your sperm, right? So the the fats that you have are going to make up the cell membranes and you're going to dictate how, you know, um, open they are to cellular communication, how vibrant they are. Um, so that's really important um, you know certain nutrients we know have been shown to improve um, egg quality and sperm quality, but also endometrial receptivity, for example. And so the food that you eat, uh, is, you know, going to make up your cells. And then certainly we know that, you know, kind of what, um, the, the mother ate in the two, three, four months prior to pregnancy is actually what's going to make up the nutrient stores for the baby. Um, you know, because it takes your body time to, uh, to incorporate these nutrients into your body and then incorporate it in, into the baby. The baby's right. going to be pulling on your nutrient stores from, you know, the last three months. Um, and so what you did in the couple months prior really matters. Hmm. Um, so those are some of the things that you know that I think of when I think about the the critical role of nutrition when it comes to preparing for for pregnancy.
0: And that is huge because we certainly, if I jump forward now, twelve months, the baby mm-hmm. is out, and uh, mum has now grown massively, massively grown this beautiful, beautiful structure in her in her tummy. Guess what? She is depleted. To the nth degree. Mm-hmm. So postnatal depletion is only something that we've become to realize more and more now that how important it is to help mums get back on track after their pregnancy and how much mm-hmm. certain certain depletions then contribute to the development of postnatal depression on and, and of other problems. Um that is that's anyone's guess. We are not yet so good in the linking of these kind of things together, but you you admit that if you have a garden and you don't don't put any fertilizer on it, but you grow the shit out of the garden. Well, guess what? Guess what? The next few crops won't be so great. So we are you accept that? are logical. And yet, when it comes to our bodies, we just completely neglect it. So nutrition, fantastic. But what do you want to do with the boys? Do the boys buy hmm. in into that kind of concept? they're out there i mean typically we're talking what 20s 30s there is still the testosterone and bulletproof uh there is still me being out there working hard drinking hard um but shall i take some vitamins what shall i do um what Mm. do you recommend to men yeah I,
1: i i think um We'll start at the, you know, at the end and then I'll, and then I'll rewind the, the, the message for the males is you should be doing, uh, almost, you know, um, the same things that your, your female partner is doing. Um, and, um, that is because, um, all of the same things, you know, the same principles apply around nutrition and stress and, uh, toxin management, um, for, for males as they do for females. I think what's what's interesting is we can see it actually even more exquisitely in the male population um which is that you know that the data suggests that we've uh, sperm counts globally have dropped 60%, 60% in the last 40 years. Wow. I am shocked that this is not more headline news, people mm-hmm. are not talking about this more. It is an astounding astounding number. And um sperm uh, are developed roughly every three months. So you know in, in females, your you know females are born, at least the latest science suggests with all of the eggs that they will ever, ever have, and that you know quantity diminishes over time. There is actually some evidence to suggest that there are these egg precursor cells, and so we're even questioning that, but we'll put that to a side to the side for a second. Um, we know you know kind of that's the egg development cycle and then the sperm development cycle is new every every um, three months or so. Um, you know however, that being said, uh, sperm counts, meaning like, you know, our, the generation of, of men that are existing today are, have lower, you know, lower fertility, lower sperm counts, um, than their grandparents did, uh, by a very, very wide margin. Mm-hmm. And so you have to ask what has changed. And it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. Have the, mm-hmm. have our genes changed in 60 years? No. Um, no, No, i mean epigenetics have changed Mm -hmm. you know we can we can talk more about that but you know it's it's the environmental impact on genes that is causing this and then you have to ask the question okay what has changed meaningfully in the last you know 60 to 100 years to cause these 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 you know reverberations in sperm count and what is sperm you know uh, a canary in the coal mine for what is it telling us about Mm -hmm. um and it's much the same things that, you know, that we've been talking about. And so uh, the, the, the message to males is that, you know, it's just as important for you to be in this, um, uh, this conversation and this preparation period um, because you have a huge amount of leverage over your sperm development because new sperm are being constantly developed, but like mm-hmm. they're on a three-month cycle. So you can improve them and improve them and improve them mm-hmm. and really get, you know, a good bang for your buck if you make the appropriate lifestyle changes. And um, the last thing I'll say on this is that, you know, from an epigenetic perspective, the male's contribution is highest at the point of conception. And so if we think about, right, like the the genetic material is what it's going to be, but the epigenetic material, which is kind of the environmental impact on genes, has a lifelong impact on the health of your baby. And that is transmitted through egg and sperm at the point of conception. And so the female partner, if we're talking about male-female construct again, um, uh, that, you know, the female partner is going to have epigenetic contributions through pregnancy, but the male partner, what he gives biologically is at that point of conception. And so mm. if you want to optimize what you're contributing to your baby, it's what you're doing before conception that mm. really matters.
0: Nicely said, nicely said, and that is certainly something that, that, that is never spoken about. I have never heard someone saying it as logically and clearly as you. Admittedly, I am in my 50s uh, going for pregnancy. (laughs) That's no longer my thing. Okay. Um, Having said that, um, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And it makes so much sense. I love it that you have got this business hat on and that you look at Measuring something, doing something mm. about it, and re-measuring it, um, assess, inter, uh, assess, act, uh, reassess, and that is actually a very beautiful and logical approach. Now we do it in in many other uh, aspects of our life, and and realize that it is quite successful. Like for example, in daily life, a man or a woman might jump onto the scales and says, oh, shared. Um, okay, so you measure, you do something about it, uh, cellar leaves and carrot sticks, and then you measure again a week later, and you think, okay, I'm happy. So, well, you know, that was logical. That is what you do. But then when it comes in a bigger scheme of things, you guess I guess you need some help there. And that's, I guess, where Poplin comes in. And that's where where a systematic approach will always be more successful then oh let's try that or oh, let's try a few vitamins i'm sure that makes me healthy um i can imagine that nutraceuticals and then uh, that that med- uh, that uh that uh how should i say that those substances that are naturally low in our body or maybe low in our soil selenium zinc and those kind of things in here in New Zealand are low um so you will really need supplements to help that do supplements play a role in your overall approach
1: they do um before i dive into that i actually want to go back to something you said cuz i think it's so incredibly profound, you know, about this idea of like testing and measuring. So, you know, this is one of the things that I, you know, thought was so interesting coming from the business world is if you think about it, we have KPIs in the business world, key performance indicators. Mm. And, you know, that's, you know, that would be sales, for example, if you're you're running a business, or if you're selling a book, you know, like, what is the you know number of book sales? Mm. And you talked about another, you know, KPI for health, which is weight, you know, we can measure weight and we can see how it changes over time and you get feedback based on the scale. Okay. Am I moving and trending in the direction I want to, or, 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 or don't want to. And what's been challenging about fertility up until now is that it's been a black box. You kind of don't know what you're working with until you try. Right. And what, you know, the message that I want to get out to folks is well, we actually can have KPIs for our fertility before we try. And that's what we're trying to do. Is there's a whole host of things that you we know impact our ability to conceive. Um, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but things like immune status and metabolic status. And we can get you know proxies for those, and mm. that can give us a really good sense of are there any red flags or yellow flags mm. that could interfere with your or your partner's ability to get pregnant, have a healthy pregnancy, or have a healthy baby. Mm. And that is you know a beautiful way to look at this because it gives you more information so that you know what you're working with before you're kind of rolling the dice to what you're saying and you know, just trying it out and seeing. Um, and so it gives people a bit more agency over the process and then they kind of know where to intervene and to tie it back to the, the question that you were asking about nutraceuticals and supplements. So first, as a nutritionist, like the number one ingredient of a fertility-friendly lifestyle is a fertility-friendly diet. Um, and so that's, I think, incredibly important. You cannot out-supplement a poor diet. Um uh-huh. that being <laughs> said, right? <laughs> okay, I did
0: um, it.
1: Um, that being said, uh, you know, particularly for the female partner, but it's absolutely relevant for the male partner, as you were alluding to earlier, the 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 pregnancy period is the most nutrient intensive mm. period of a woman's entire life. Mm. And so um, you know, if you go into that period nutrient depleted, you absolutely um, you know, kind of will be depleted at the end, but it's not enough given, right, even your best efforts, right, given stress that can deplete our, the way we, we absorb nutrients, given mm-hmm. the nutrient density, as you were you were mentioning, of our soil. It's not as robust as it used, used to be, mm-hmm. um, given the fact that our stomach acid might not be adequate to break down foods. There's all mm-hmm. sorts of things. There's all sorts of reasons why we, as you know, as a world and as individuals are not digesting and assimilating nutrients as well as we possibly mm-hmm. could. And so supplementation is particularly effective in those periods of time. Um, as well as when you have increased nutrient needs as in the time of pregnancy um and so what we can see on some of the you know lab there's there's nutrients that we know are supportive um and so that we can just look at testing right so things like vitamin d for example we know is a critical role um it you know functions kind of like a vitamin but also kind of like a hormone and so um you know you can look at vitamin d levels and you may need to supplement that specifically but we can look at a bunch of other nutrients and then you know kind of what's going on in your unique body and and what you might need more more uh, supportive nutrients for um uh and then there's other you know sorts of supplements gut support supplements mitochondrial support supplements there's a whole bunch of other things right because our egg cells are most mitochondrially dense cells um and you know so mitochondria are, are really important for um for mm-hmm. cell division and um so that's just a kind of smattering of things that that we can use supplementation for that's in right. this really critical developmental period
0: that's right. And that is so important because that is the, the next step sort of in nutrition, um, You to understand how the cells work on the inside and and what exactly is actually required for a good function in that. That's something that that in the past, certainly people did not play, pay as much attention to a generation or two generations ago. We might have just had the understanding of what is required. We had no idea how to measure it in some cases mm-hmm. um, or what to do about it. Today's CQ10 and and other other certain substances, uh, we we know we can supplement and by give that um, we we can actually kickstart a metabolism or at least assist metabolism to occur. So by actually being very focused and very targeted in the in the in those things that we take in, we can make a huge difference. And for those people out there who actually have done that, uh, have gone onto this journey, many of my patients, or or certainly myself, um, it is once I paid attention to what I was doing, it was as if someone is switching on the lights. It mm. was just, "Bing, where is this clarity coming from?" Ooh, I give my body what it needs. Funny that is, and it is. It is literally. Uh, and it can be an aha moment like that, mm-hmm. and but you need guidance. You need a nutritionist to help you there. But you go beyond the nutrition. So we've we've discussed the nutrition, but you say, hang on, there are other aspects there. There's in the environment there. There's the stress there. Um, mm-hmm. What does Poplin do about that?
1: So I think well, let's maybe let's look at stress next because I think that's a that's um, a, an important piece of this. So I think. Um, the science of stress, I think is important. So there's, there's a piece of this, which is just educational, right? Which is just letting people know kind of the factors that can impact their fertility. Because I think the the messaging to date has been like, well, just, you know, you just should have gotten pregnant younger, right? Which is not helpful information. <laughs> um, so, um, and, you know, so there's, and there's a, you know, we can get into this more, but there is a big difference between someone's biological age and their chronological age. And oftentimes they're not, um, they're confused. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just the, the quality of your life impacts the vitality of your cells, which is your, your biological age. And that can be vastly different than your chronological age, which is your age and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the things that we're talking about can qu- quote unquote reverse the clock from a cellular age perspective. Mm-hmm not quite on the, you know, on the calendar though. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's a piece of this, which is just understanding what we can and and, and can not control around the educational side. But I think stress is, you know, something that's really misunderstood because, uh, you know, have you ever heard the advice that people are trying to conceive and someone says, Oh, just relax. Like it's, you know, just, just relax. Like, Not, you know, like not super helpful advice. Um, And it's grounded in science, actually. And that's because if you think about it, our sex hormones and our stress hormones are in the same biochemical pathway. Um, And um, if we, you know, if we think about kind of how we've adapted, our body always prioritizes survival over procreation. Sure. And so when you're constantly stressed out, whether that's because you don't like your job or you don't like your commute or you're living in a moldy building, whatever it is, it could be a psychological stressor, it could be a physical stressor, um, your body diverts resources from making your sex hormones to making your stress hormones. And so you literally don't have the raw materials necessary Mm -hmm. to make your hormones, let alone get pregnant. Um, and so one of the things that's really important is contextualizing that for people. So just saying, okay, well, don't be stressed is not helpful. Um, but saying, let's identify, right. Sources of stress in your life. And we can actually, did you know, right? I'm sure, you know, but maybe for many of your listeners, we can actually measure how stressed quote unquote, your body is. We can look at your stress hormone cortisol, and we can look at, you know, is your body, even if you don't feel stressed. Your body might actually be physiologically experiencing stress, and so if that's elevated over time, and I saw this time and time again with with clients, right? Because you know a lot of my marathon runners out there, right? That's very cortisol producing activity, um, you know. And so understanding uh, that um, that there are these things that we can look at that um, are stressors to the body that can interfere with. Um, with making your sex hormones, um, identifying those sorts of things, I think can be an important part of the the process and then understanding that the science behind it.
0: Absolutely. Now, and that is beautiful to actually shine a light on one, one's life, and really see what is really happening. Uh, and you're quite right. It takes time. You can't just do that in a weekend. Oh, let's prepare for pregnancy. Okay, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. No, there is a little bit more work to be done. And in all fairness, uh, it sounds a little bit like a let's let's learn how to live school mm. rather than a let's get ready for pregnancy school. Um, it is really weird we are trapped in so many so many uh, cul-de-sacs in so many uh dead-end streets where we are just working 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 and 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 then suddenly, things are starting to fall off our body, uh, or uh, the car of our sorry, the the, the body of our car, if you compare us to that, the the tires go flat, the lights go out, and everything is no longer working, because we've just run ourselves into the ground Mm -hmm. on so multiple levels. And now you just want to completely out of that state, create a pregnancy. Maybe it is not surprising that also, over time, we see an increased, um, increased pathology, uh, psychopathology and pathology in our youngsters. Um, we see the, the generalized anxiety disorder and other anxiety disorders go through the roof. And of course, we blame social media. We blame uh, the increased bombardment of our youngsters uh, with that. But you could raise the question, do we actually not start already on the day of conception by putting our youngsters at a back foot due to the lifestyle that we have chosen prior to the pregnancy. Um, If you have been playing hard, drinking drugs, um, we know this can have tremendous impact. It's called a fetal alcohol syndrome, where you basically cause clear damage to the child. And you are creating a child that predictably will have great difficulties in their life. And therefore, if you have suffered from from trauma that you have numbed with alcohol at the time when you get pregnant, then the circle will continue to the next generation. And it's very likely that things will not change. But the good news is the past does not equal the future by actually being prepared towards your pregnancy and saying, actually, I want to become pregnant. And now let's let's seek help with my addiction. Why am I actually drinking? Why am I actually taking drugs? Why do I behave the way I do? Maybe by that, you're already beginning the journey that essentially Poplin and Alexandria here is actually advocating. Um, a a good hard look at your life, how you're living it, how is the stress contributing to your drinking? What's your nutrition like because of the drinking? Um, or that is there a, an eating disorder that further has aggravated uh, your metabolic malfunctions, so to speak, by actually looking at it and working with, with people to actually help you through that. And therefore, change the way you've been abusing your body. And now adding that positive, hey, I actually want a baby. And I will now prepare for that, just as much as I want to prepare for some other big event in my life. Is that not a beautiful, beautiful way of readjusting of rethinking of having a new incentive, maybe to to change your lifestyle? A little baby? That's nice. Uh, I like actually that and and I love that Poplin and and you Alexandria have have put sort of a framework around that, um, how that school of life um, can be targeted towards a successful pregnancy and towards giving that new generation the best possible start. And how cool is that? I actually, Mm. that puts a smile on my face, I must say. (laughs)
1: That's a smile on my face. I mean, you said, it's such a poetic way that you said that I think, um, you know, one of the observations I had, and you know, kind of what, what fills my heart when I think about this work is, um, you know what I think, when when we are, um, when we are sick, uh, we focus inward, on getting better on, on getting well, when we are well, we focus outward on sharing our gifts with the world. And so I think there is something about, you know, trying to ensure that future generations are well, so that they can share their gifts with the world. Um, but as you said, right, that starts with the parents um, being able to heal themselves. And um, and this is not about perfectionism either, right? We're all humans, you know, in a human experience, yeah. doing the best we can yeah. on an hourly, sometimes second to second basis. Um And, you know, what a beautiful, I find that getting pregnant is such a um, a reflective time, if you allow it to be, Mm -hmm. for thinking about kind of, you know, who am I and uh, who do I want to be in this next chapter of life? Um, And, you know, am I the role model that i want to be for a future Mm -hmm. child? Um, And if your answer to that question is no, no judgment, but it is your opportunity to potentially change the answer to that question. Mm. And right, kids are very perceptive. You can't tell them, pick up your clothes if you don't pick up your clothes. You can't tell them, eat well, if you're not eating well, right? They will sense that <laughs> disingenuousness. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, you know, and so and so, I think this is a really beautiful time to, to do many of the things that, that you're talking about, inventory of, of your life. Mm. Um, And to say, you know, kind of, how am I doing? And uh, is it up to par to my standards? Um, And to what, you know, I'd want for my future family, my future children. Um, And am I giving myself and my future family the best shot possible Mm. at contributing, whatever it is, you know, whether they're musicians, or artists, or entrepreneurs, Mm. or podcast hosts, you know, whatever it is that they're, that they're doing doctors, you know, um, that they do it the best that they possibly can.
0: Exactly. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, it makes so much sense to me what you're saying there, Alexandria. Um, and it is, but it, you know, if other people are now saying, "Wow, she's really onto something," where can people find you?
1: Oh well, thank you for for asking that. Um, they can find us on our website. It's um, getpoplin. g e t p o p l i n. dot com, um, and on social media, it's also at getpoplin. Uh, and you know we're we're just so excited to support folks as they start to explore planning to to get pregnant, um, and uh, you know along their along their journeys.
0: Very Where does the name come from, Poplin?
1: <laughs> um, it's a, a synonym for um, basically interweaving. And so there's so many different components, like we've talked about. Right? There's stress. There's nutrition, um, and then there's the the female contribution, the male contribution. Um, there's, you know, kind of all of these different pieces that go into preparing for, for conception, um, and for a healthy pregnancy, um, not just kind of what we've been taught, which is hormones or, you know, kind of this myopic view. So we wanted something that involved, um, both partners, uh, all the different pillars of health, um, and kind of in a much more integrative, um, way. Cool.
0: Cool. Get Poplin and guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video of the podcast. You've got all the links down there. Whilst you're down there, you might as well press the subscribe and the like button so that you know uh, about new releases that are coming out. Uh, alexandria thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for for discussing with me this this beautiful part of creating life and uh, and. Uh, basically coming into a new new era of within your life cycle this kind of planning for futili- fertility there's so much we can do and you have shown some light on that and for that I'm ever so grateful well
1: I'm so grateful for this opportunity thank you so much for uh, for letting me share
0: fantastic Alexandria look after yourself and you guys out there come on there's a there's a life to live live it with passion and look after yourself in the truest meaning of the word bye